Hello and welcome. My name is Robert. And I'm Foster. You sure? I'm, eh, you know, sometimes. <laughs> and this is the Also Sweet <laughs> Podcast. Typically, we talk about an actor or director from an upcoming release and uh, discuss one of the movies that might not be as well known. But this is a special week where we are giving out some awards. Uh, we're going to call them the Oscars. No, we're not. The Oscars. <laughs> we're calling them the Oscars. I don't think we're gonna do that, but that's okay. Yes, we are. I'm. I'm doing it. And we would have. We would rather have no one to give out some Oscars than our buddy Nash Doll. Yeah, I'm not calling him that, guys. I'm not calling him that. <laughs> oh wow! Happy to be here. Happy to be here. It's already so great. Oh man. <laughs> Our criteria for these awards, uh, I didn't really prepare a good intro for this episode. Normally, I got a nice intro to read off. Um, oh, really? This felt really all, This felt like you were reading a script. I just, I was, it was flowing so well. <laughs> when when Robert says, I'll edit that out, what he really means is this whole podcast <laughs> this is, is going scrapped. <laughs> it's going in a skin. <laughs> scrapped like a movie I watched. Um <laughs> we wanted to give out some awards for some movies that everyone that not everyone's going to be talking about at the end of the year you know everyone talks about the big franchises they talk about the stuff that you know hit big at the box office that is going to be gunning for oscars uh we wanted to talk about some movies that down the road might fit uh the criteria for this podcast that you know might eventually be an also see type of movie so we're going to be giving out seven awards uh, outstanding score or music, outstanding visuals, outstanding story, outstanding ensemble, supporting actor, lead actor, and you know, outstanding movie. Uh, the rules for this are kind of fluid, like the rules for what counts. So we're just going to be kind of throwing out some movies that you know, normal everyday movie watchers probably won't have no have seen these. But if you're in the online communities that we're in. Uh, these movies might sound very basic and we're going to come across as frauds. Do you, do you, do you just want to get into it? This is how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go category by category and we're just going to throw out some options for what might fit in the category. We're going to discuss stuff. Uh, we're going to write down, uh, you know, unofficial nominees on our secret Google doc. And after we talk about each of these categories, we're going to come all the way back around to the beginning. And out of those unofficial nominees, we're going to choose a winner, whichever movie or performer won the Oscar. Um, and I'm going to keep saying it. Guys, we're almost four minutes into this podcast, and I already feel like you both hate me. So uh, what, what's the first movie that one of you guys wants to throw out for outstanding score or music? Uh, how about Theater Camp? I think for music, not really for score, but just because they have some original songs in there that I think really stand out to me. And this is... Um, I think the first movie on my list of movies here that I had watched. So uh, that's the first one that comes to mind. But it's really like that ending performance, I think, is really, really great. Um, and, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a theater camp movie. It's like what the whole movie's about. And if they don't nail that ending performance, then the whole movie kind of becomes forgettable at that point. But they really stick the landing. And I think, you know, deserves uh, deserves consideration at the very least. And uh, since this is one of the music nominations you're going to do your rendition of Joan Still now? Exactly. That was, I, well, 
you ruined my opening, Robert. I was I was about to just launch into spontaneous song, but you know, I suppose. If it's not spontaneous anymore, you don't want to do it. Yeah, it's kind of ruined. You ruined the moment. Not the first time I've heard that. I want to throw out how to blow up a pipeline, um, which surprisingly sounds like the Tenet score, uh, and it, it like the movie for that reason kind of felt like a mix of uh, Tenet with Ocean's Eleven, you know, with a very political tilt and yeah if, if the if the music wasn't as great and propulsive and intense as it was i don't know if the movie as a whole would work as well so yeah i really love that score and wanted to throw it out there for consideration yeah i mean first of all the reason why i've been so quiet is because this is the category that i'm like kind of the most scared of i i like just spent the last three hours just trying to go through and listen to all these soundtracks because a lot of times soundtracks are not one of the things that sticks out to me in movies but how to blow up your pipeline or how to blow up a pipeline is probably my number one as well, simply because a lot of the elements of that movie work really, really well. But I think it's the score and the music that kind of is the like driving heart that's like pulsating throughout. Um, and so much of what you are meant to feel is in the music itself. And um, so it's like when I think about like incredible scores that actually like stick out to me, how to blow up a pipeline is actually one of my favorites all year long, um, regardless of whether or not it's a smaller movie or not. The Starling girl, honestly, uh, Lord Huron or one of the members of Lord Huron then got Lord Huron involved. And I think that um, there's a lot of the Starling girl that doesn't really land for me, but I think it's a really gorgeous um soundtrack that's kind of subtle but it works in that movie really really well so i think i want to bring that one to the table i'll be honest i don't really remember the music in the starling girl but that'll definitely be coming up for me later um but i'm glad that you talked about it at all uh i'm gonna throw out one that i actually didn't really like the movie very much i just really like the score and that's carmen for my man nicholas bertel uh i think I, I've listened to the score a bunch even before I watched the movie, but I watched it a few days ago. Um, the movie for me didn't really add too much other than what I felt like I got from the score, but it's really, really incredible. It's kind of like, um, for me, elevates the movie way higher than than what it would be otherwise. And uh, for me, is like an easy number one in this category, and it's not even not even close. I don't know if either of you have heard any of the, the tracks from this one, but um, it's pretty great. I listened to you, uh, or because you recommended it, it was the only one that you recommended. So I actually went through, and that was one of, one of the ones that I was listening, and I was like blown away. <laughs> uh, nice. It sounds it. I don't. From what I like know about the movie, it seems crazy that that's the soundtrack in that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. It's sort of a dance movie. It's like Benjamin, like Milliped, however you say his last name. I think it's Natalie Portman's husband uh, who did the movie. So it's like a very music dance infused uh, sort of experience. Um, so it really, really adds to it. And it's honestly like there's not a lot of dialogue either. So it's really driven by the music. So for me, this is like a uh, it's like the perfect example of a movie that that should win or be nominated in a category like this just because it's all about the music and it's just like elevates it so much for me. I didn't see Carmen, so I have nothing to add to that. And I didn't get a chance to uh, take your recommendation and listen to the score. So for that, I apologize. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The last one that I wanted to bring up was, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Um, 
composed by a little guy named Hans Zimmer. You ever heard of him? Uh, but it sounds nothing like his typical score. It's like a gentle piano score for a coming of age movie about a 13 year old girl. Um, it's really good. It fits the movie. You would never guess that it's him if it didn't say his name in the credits. Um, yeah, worth listening to, worth throwing in the ring here, I think. Um, can I also throw out, because this is where I, I think I tend to listen, like I tend to latch on to when it's like songs I actually know more often. Um, mm-hmm. So, but like Bottoms, Charlie XCX, what she's doing in Bottoms is so perfect for what the movie Bottoms is. And that was one of the ones where I was like, I just listened through it and I was like, wow, this this gives the movie so much energy that I wasn't um, noticing when I was seeing the movie. But when I was like actually listening to it later, I was like, oh, wow, OK, this is actually incredibly uh, well-produced music. Charlie XCX is, you know, multi-talented, showing that she can do it across multiple platforms, kind of, um, or mediums. Um, and so did she do like, like the all the music? Yes. I missed that. Oh, wow. Like the score? I think, so. I think so. Oh, wow. I guess I missed that. That's cool. Yeah. And it just, it kind of blew me away. So that was probably my last one that I would want to, um, that I would want to throw in for me. Uh, I have a couple. I won't speak much about them, but just to, to mention them. Uh, last Voyage of the Demeter has a really fun Bear McCreary score that I've listened to a few tracks mm-hmm. from that. Oh, that's uh, Bear. Yeah, it is. And it's it's cool, too. It's like got this fun gothic sort of feel. I think Blackberry has a pretty cool score. I haven't listened to it since I saw the movie, but I remember feeling it was pretty reminiscent of Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross doing Social Network. Um, but like it, did, it yeah. was a very good version of that. So and then the last one I just today watched, they cloned Tyrone and the whole sort of soundscape of that was very cool yeah. to me. Um, I, it was pretty funny because I had the subtitles on and every time the music came in, just the score, it said like funky music or it said like <laughs> funky ominous music or funky dramatic music. And I was just picturing like some like white intern who didn't know how to <laughs> handle the, the, the music he was dealing with, how to subtitle it. So he just said funky for like every single time it came in, like every 30 seconds and it just cracked me up every time. I noticed the exact same thing. I thought it was hilarious too. <laughs> Cause I had the <laughs> subtitles on also. Yeah. Very funny. Um, that's all my, all the music and score nominees I wanted to throw out. So I think we got an interesting little pool there. Um, like I said, we'll come back around to that and we'll have a conversation trying to choose a winner. See which, which one of those like eight movie gets the Oscar. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, be gone. Let's move on. <laughs> no, it's we're, I'm sticking with it. I don't care how much derision I get from YouTube. Um, let's move on to outstanding visuals. I want to start off by throwing out To Catch a Killer, which uh, our buddy Jake, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about Good Night and Good Luck. Um, I only know about this movie because he saw it and recommended it and thought it was great. Um and I just thought it was going to be a typical police procedural, but it like opens up with an upside down camera shot of the city of Baltimore. And then it flips right side up. And then, you know, the whole rest of the movie is that sort of stylish. Um, And we'll talk about it more later, but it's more than just your typical police procedural, even though it has a lot of that it's shot really well and it looks really great. Um, So I definitely wanted to throw throw that one out there. Uh, I will mention, um, 
I'll mention three horror movies just to to knock those out of the way since I'm sure I'll be on an island here with those. But Skinamarink was a really kind of experimental horror movie that did not work for a lot of people, but is pretty scary if you're in the right headspace. And it is sort of just this like grainy VHS style footage. And um, if you like nothing else about the movie, the visuals at the very least are, are very creative. You can get the idea just from looking at still images from it too. Um, Ennis Main, uh, spelled E-N-Y-S-M-E-N, is also just a very, very beautiful looking, like sort of tone poem of a horror movie. Um, the movie didn't really work for me personally, story-wise, but it looks awesome. You can sort of just gauge from the trailer too. And then this is the last time I'll mention this movie, but Last Voyage of the Demeter, <laughs> just for like the, just for the ship design and for the way it's shot. It's Andre Overdraw who directed this and um, he's got a great, sort of visual eye he's kind of like Guillermo del Toro light sort of but those are some some horror movies I just had to had to throw in there and for uh Liam Cunningham's beard exactly I mean did it did it even need to be said you know no yeah um let me go back real quick just to score music there was one more I wanted to throw out and that's Flora and Son which is a John Carney movie so of course it's going to have excellent music um it's my least favorite of his movies that I've seen but uh, it still has great music. So I just wanted to throw that one out there too. I think, I think I want to go with Rye Lane simply because very kind of similarly, I think the genre of romantic comedy can sometimes be, uh, I mean, I know, I know Robert is a, a fellow fan um, a as am I, but I think, yeah, I, I think what Rye Lane is doing within the genre of, um, of romantic comedy is really, really innovative. I think that it um, visually pops off the screen. It's doing way more interesting things with a camera than a walk and talk rom-com like that I would have ever respected or uh, expected from that type of movie. So I, I think I just want to throw out, throw out Ryan Lane because I want to have some rom-com uh, representation on my list. And I think it, it, I genuinely think about how the colors pop and um, how good that movie looks all the time. So that's my uh, A1 Day 1 recommendation. Yeah, that's a good one. I have one random one that I'm going to mention, which I didn't even really love this movie, but I just watched it last night, and that is <laughs> get Buckle In, Chicken Run, Donna the Nugget, which <laughs> no one is talking about, and no one, no one really has overwhelmingly positive things to say about it, but it is a stop-motion movie, and I also watched the 20-minute sort of, sort of feature that Netflix put out of the making of, and... Um, I wasn't even going to mention it after watching the movie, but after seeing the feature, it just really does blow me away every single time how incredible stop motion is. Um, it's just so fluid the way it looks in here. And it's just so perfectly charming, like the like sort of, you know, chunky clay look that the characters have. And I will always love stop motion movies. Um, it's pretty hard for me to give them anything less than a three star rating, even if I don't really love the movie, which is the case here, unfortunately. I'm so here we go. I'm going to start the love train for this movie and mention she came to me for outstanding visuals. This is a movie that stars Peter Dinklage and Hathaway and Marissa Tomei. And I saw nobody except for us talking about it all year long. And that was basically me just trying to get you guys to watch it uh, specifically Nash. Um, it's a, also a rom-com, not the same type of, walk and talk is Ronnie Lane, but it's a rom-com that in the innovative way for a rom-com, it switches between aspect ratios throughout the movie. 
And I was not expecting that going in. Well, actually, I'd seen the trailer, but I was not expecting it to do so. So um, I don't want to say artistically as if other movies aren't artistically, but the way this is going for something more and the movie I don't think is really ultimately comes down as much more, but I still really liked it. Um, and the and the aspect ratio changes are actually motivated. Um, it's just really fun to watch. And uh, a lot of the 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 tighter aspect ratio. It's really pretty to look at, especially on Marissa Tomei's tugboat. Uh, some of those shots of the water are just great. The movie does look really good. It's, it does. Uh, yeah, so I get it. I get it. I think that's all I have on my on my visuals list then. Yeah, I think I all of mine have been said as well. Well, then, since you guys have finished yours, I want to throw out my last one, which is They Clone Tyrone, which we mentioned in music. Uh, sure, sure, um, sure just between the action um, and like the set design for a lot of it and the costuming and the costume design. And especially because, you know, and this isn't a spoiler based on the title, there's clones of a lot of the characters um, and it, they're seamlessly fit in where, you know, actors are talking to themselves. There's one scene with three John Boyegas and you, you know, can't tell the stitches or the, you know, compositing or anything. So it's, I think that one was really impressive and uh, definitely worth throwing out there. I, I would have had that on my list had I had I remembered it since I just watched it like a couple hours ago. I had forgotten to add it. You want to move on to Outstanding Story? Yeah, finally. Ugh. Nash, what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, real quick. You can include this or not, but for Outstanding Story, are you also considering the screenplay as a whole? Like if it has really great dialogue and like character formation and stuff like that are you factoring that in or do you just mean story yeah 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 all, all the above okay all the above yeah, i mean like that's anything that that constitutes you know part of a story well i don't think dialogue is I, I i would consider story as being underneath the umbrella of screenplay but it's just a semantic thing okay sure i i'm just thinking like dialogue can often advance the plot as much as people you know deride the idea of adv- advancing the plot being an end-all be-all but like it's part of the story and it adds to it. So I, I think it, that sort of thing counts. I can, I can throw out, throw out one. Then here's a movie that we haven't talked about yet. This is one that I loved, I think way more than both of you two, but you hurt my feelings for me is mm. just a really great. Um, I, I it just, I feel like I think it's Nicole Holof center, right? I just feel like she's a very yeah. great observer of people. And I really gravitate towards that sort of thing in all movies. Whenever, whenever there's just little moments in a movie that you recognize as being human or you just recognize it in the people you know in your own life and you've never seen it represented or stated outright before. I, I just have so many moments in this movie that just rang so true to me. Um, I don't know. I just, I just loved it. I just loved all of these characters. They all felt very real to me and there were aspects of all of them that I really related to as well, um, which really, really surprised me. I, I, I liked this movie quite a bit actually. Um, so yeah, that's the first one I'll throw out. I think that came out like in the summertime and I don't remember what it was, but there was something that I was like bumping my head against. Uh, but I did just in general, enjoy it. And like you said, the, the dialogue is great. Um, any scene with David Cross is among <laughs> the best of the year. He hates his wife and his therapist. Oh, so good. Just awesome. Um, Nash, uh, what do you have? Um, I, I think if, I think I have to say the Kane mutiny court martial. Mm. Um, The whole movie is just, or almost the entire movie is in a courtroom. It's the proceedings of a, uh, 
of a um, a case and varies back and forth. It's just it's all dialogue. Like per our conversation, mm-hmm. it's the plot in the story is being dragged forward by conversations um, that are being had, and it's riveting. It's just it's like an hour and forty five minutes, and um, it never gets boring, even though we're basically in the same room the entire time, um, which I feel like is a testament to uh, really good writing and a really compelling story underneath the writing. Um, so I think I have to throw that out there. First mention. Yeah, I finished that one a couple hours ago, and I also mostly really liked it. I didn't particularly care for the ending, but other than that, uh, that was one of the more engaging you know, courtroom movies I've seen in a long time. Let me throw out reality would you know just so we're not repeating some of the same movies because that's what i kind of have on this list um reality is a smaller hbo movie that released over the summer um starring sydney sweeney and it's about reality winner who somehow actually has that as a name um i didn't know the story i i guess i didn't realize that she was the one to release the you know information about uh potential Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. election. Um, But it's not necessarily about that. It's about the FBI raiding her home in the aftermath of her, you know, leaking that information. Um, I don't remember exactly what part of the government she works at, but she worked somewhere where she had access to the information. And the movie is taken straight from the transcript of the recording of these two FBI agents. Um, I know a lot of people kind of, didn't really like the dialogue because of that, but I thought that added to the, uh, the, the entire feeling of the movie and just the uneasiness that came along with, you know, these two guys coming in and tearing her house apart and, you know, putting her dog in the corner and all that, just making it, you know, really uncomfortable, really, really uneasy. Um, and Sydney Sweeney is actually really good in this. So I'll come back to that later, but the story as a whole, I thought it was really simple, but also just really great. This is, this is when I was, was, thinking about mentioning but i didn't put it on my list for what you already said about how it pulls from the, the transcripts and everything um but yeah i, I really like it i found the, um that that made it feel more immediate to me i liked that choice a lot actually i will throw out uh are you there god it's me margaret um i think has a great story and screenplay this is one that just it just hits home feels real i mean it doesn't hit home to me specifically but like <laughs> as i'm as i'm watching the movie mm-hmm. i'm it just feels true, you know, the emotions that are being depicted. I think all the characters feel fully realized and fleshed out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's you run the risk of when you have a young kid as your lead, you run the risk of it feeling like a like 60 year old man, you know, writing dialogue for a kid. But I didn't feel <laughs> that when I watched the movie, I felt it felt very natural to me, like all the interactions between the kids. So this was didn't... high on my on my list here, too. Did. Kelly Freeman Craig, she wrote the screenplay, screenplay, right? Or she adapted it at least. Yep, Kelly Freeman Craig wrote the screenplay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that one's on my and list. And adapting too. it from the Judy Bloom book, which obviously is, you know, not a six-year-old man. So there's a lot going right for it on that front. <laughs> yeah, I think I would want to add BlackBerry to this list as well, simply because 2023 can be will kind of be known as like the year of the product movie, um, mm-hmm. where we got like five or six that were kind of about a product. And I think Blackberry arguably might be one of the one or two best of them. And um, it just succeeds in a lot of ways that other ones didn't 
I think a lot of that is because it's like genuinely tense and it, um, I was captured the entire time I wanted, like, even though I kind of, kind of knew, I mean, what was going to happen with Blackberry because they don't exist anymore or they, you don't, people don't have Blackberries anymore, but I was, I was riveted from, um, kind of moment one and we'll get to another aspect of that movie later. But, um, I think for in a year where so many of those movies came out for that one to be the one where I was like, man, I was, uh, really captured by this story. Um, I think I kind of deserves a mention and, um, yeah. What was, what was I, your second favorite? The Beanie Bubble? Yeah, the, the Beanie Bubble, yeah. Followed <laughs> by Flamin' Hot, and then Air, and then uh, Tetris. Barbie, technically, and then Tetris, and then, yeah, all of those in that order. I'm a yeah. big hater of Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I have also on my list, this is one we haven't mentioned, but Dream Scenario, I feel like had a, I feel like the strength of that movie lies in the premise, at least for the first half or so of the movie is where I was yeah. really, really on board with it. Um, it's just fun to see like a wacky, zany elevator pitch turned into a movie. And I think this does it well for the most part. I don't really love when it turns into a whole like, you know, treatise on cancel culture in the second half. That stuff doesn't really work for me, but um, it is a fun movie and I and I enjoyed my time with it. Did either of you guys get to see 1001? Yes, I did not. 1001 is really good. Uh and the story is the main reason. It's got a couple of really good performances in there, uh, specifically Tiana Taylor, who's the mom, the lead mom. Um, but oh, the story is really good. Later. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, not spoiling anything, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I guess she's not going to win because three people haven't seen it. Well, we'll see. Oh, is that? Um, do all three of us have to see the movie first? For no, I'm, gu- yeah. I'm guessing we could just do a do a majority, so we could outvote Foster if we wanted to. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I really like A Thousand and One is just a movie about, you know, American systems and how they uh, hold back people um, in lower economic classes and and social classes. Um, It starts in the 90s and works its way up until the 2000s or 2010s. Um, Yeah, it's just really good about the ways that we find love and who we find love with and whether or not that's right. And if we're forced into that being the only way that we can find love because of the way that American systems are, um, you know, kind of holding us back. I, I keep saying us, but like people in a, in a lower economic class who kind of have to scrape and claw to fight their way up out of, out of that class. Um, yeah. It, it's really effective. Really, really good. I only have one left on my list here that I that has not been mentioned, uh, and that's To Catch a Killer, which we mentioned in previous categories. But um, yeah. this is ju- it is it is a crime procedural uh, for the most part. But I feel like it's um it's one of those ones that does the by the books thing, but it just does it perfectly. Where I'm just in it from moment one. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love this kind of story. It's I grew up watching a whole lot of like true not true crime, but a whole lot of like detective or cop shows growing up. And this just gave me a fix that I hadn't gotten in, in movies for a long time. Think things like The Fugitive, you know, just like a great, you know, straightforward crime plot where it's just thrilling and gripping. And I, I love seeing like uh, smart people trying to to get to the bottom of a sticky situation. And so seeing Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn, you know, as they're like going around and interviewing people, it's just it's it's very well structured. There's never a, a dull moment for me. I'm never bored. Um so yeah, I, I think this one deserves mentioning, even though it's not going to be one I'll push for above some of the others I've mentioned. 
I might, I'll say I might push for it a little bit when we come back to it. Um, Well, I won't push against it either. I just won't push. (laughs) Um, Because I really do like that scene. I don't know if I want to spoil who the actor is. It's not that big a deal, but there is a scene towards the end with Shailene Woodley in a house. um, And that is kind of the, the movie distilled to its most essential piece. Uh, and I really, really love that. That's kind of where it strays from, you know, your typical procedural yes, to being, yeah. you know, capital A, capital S about something. Um, not that, you know, your typical procedurals aren't, but like in a way that a movie has a, a very specific idea it's going after. Um, so, I, yeah, I also really, really like to catch a killer. Uh, one more that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys saw this, but it was an Apple TV movie from early in the year called Sharper. Um stars a lot of people including julianne moore sebastian stan justice smith uh john lithgow a few other people whose faces you might recognize um it's one of those that could easily go wrong because there are lots of twists and turns but i had a really fun time with it so this is one i won't really you know push for but it's one that i definitely wanted to at least mention if we're you know shouting out movies that fit this category throughout the year. Okay. Well, can I do one too? Just simply, it's not going to win. Neither yeah. one of you have yeah. seen it, but the Finnish movie fallen leaves, uh, is delightfully odd in the best way. And it's so much of, because it's just how, how, um, a Finnish writer writes dialogue in their Finnish movie is just so fascinating. It's one of the, like, it's kind of silly, but it's also the most straight movie of all time. Just they, they there's no sarcasm. Um, I don't know. It was a it was a whole vibe experience. So please go watch that movie. Um, it kind of fits here, but we're not going to vote for it. But I just want to say, watch that movie, please. <laughs> it comes to VOD the day after this episode goes live. I was so upset when I saw the date announced because I really want to watch it. Um, kind of. One that's a pairing with reality to me is How to Blow Up a Pipeline, uh, which I obviously mentioned in the music section. Um, Last year, or two years ago now, 2022, we got like Triangle of Sadness. We got uh, Glass Onion. And there was one more Eat the Rich movie that's escaping me right now. But um, The Menu. Yes, The Menu. Thank you. In 2023, we got these two smaller uh, radical political movies that are about how action or or change isn't going to be brought about without radical action. Um, So obviously it's in the title of how to blow up a pipeline and with reality, you have to basically lose your job and go to prison to, you know, get out essential information to uh, the American people. Well, to the people of the world actually. Um, And I really like how they're a pairing and part of the, the, the big part of what makes how to Blow a pipeline specifically work is just its propulsive story again in the form of oceans 11 where it's kind of the get the team together story and the reasons why they all want to blow up that pipeline so that one's definitely worth talking about as well as again she came to me which is absolutely bonkers but uh i really loved every second of it to be honest i don't have any more on my list for, for outstanding story that's that's all i got i don't either all right, then let's move to ensemble. When do you guys want to throw out the first one? Um, well, I mean, we're, we're getting to a point where um, I think a lot of these movies are just going to be repeated. But yeah, 
Ensemble is just like the collection of actors, right? It doesn't have to be like a certain number of actors. No, yeah, because collection of actors. Okay, because I would say, "Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret." Because specifically, those three performances, uh, um, and and I do not remember the main girl, but Rachel McAdams, Kathy Bates, and um, the other one. Yes. Like they are all so pitch perfect together, but then within the story itself, like, I mean, we've already talked about it. Are you there? God is me. Margaret is one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's simply because of those three kind of titular stories and how they work together. Um, everybody in the movie is very good. Like I, I love the rest of the kids. I'm a, I love the uh, husband, but it's, it's those three that kind of stand at the top. Yeah. Yeah, this this was on my list. Benny Safdie, I think the husband is is really good in this. Um, in this, and I couldn't remember I, which Safdie brother it was, so that's why yeah, I said yeah. the husband. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on uh, what he'd done acting wise before, like uh, Good Time and uh, Pieces of a Woman, or and Licorice Pizza are the ones that I'd seen him in ahead of time, and of course his directing. I would never have expected like the corny, cheesy, wholesome dad, and he plays it so well in this. He's really good. He's like quickly building up like a really diverse resume as an actor, which is surprising mm-hmm. and kind of cool. Yeah. I will throw out Bottoms, which just has like a perfect comedic ensemble where like just every single character, not even the main ones, but even like background characters who barely have any lines, everybody gets a moment that makes me laugh like crazy. Um, I would say Ayo Ebadiri or Edabiri. Which one is it? Io Edebri. Io Edebri, like I said, is fantastic and is the MVP here. And Rachel Sennett is great. Um, uh, Io Edebri is not even using her real uh, accent either. Exactly. She's doing a, she's putting on an American accent after being Mm -hmm. in character in Ireland, Ireland for so, so many Mm -hmm. uh, months as Jenny, the donkey, which is it's, it's not only impressive, it's brave, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love Bottoms. It made me laugh a ton. I was like cry laughing in the theater. And it's in large part because of this amazing cast. And every time a clip pops up in my feed online, I have to watch it because they just make me laugh so much. In your one feed that keeps... online? <laughs> yeah. My, 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 my ex feed, Robert doesn't like like that that website to be mentioned on this podcast. So I'm respecting his wishes. Foster goes online and types in internet.com and finds his feed. Um, yeah, that's what I was and, like, man, <laughs> 45 years old, bringing up the <laughs> my LinkedIn, you know, my yeah. my Facebook marketplace, what I, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> oh, this Bottoms film is really funny. <laughs> exactly. It's quite a quite a riot. Keep going. <laughs> Me? Both of you. What else you got? Be in this you haven't said anything yet. What do you what do you like? Oh, I want to hear the Facebook ladies. <laughs> The Facebook ladies. Awesome. Oh, you just okay. You wanted more of the bit. Okay. Okay. Let me get in the yeah. character. Oh, Robert. Oh, Robert. This movie was just so good, wasn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That's 10 out of 10. <laughs> hey, I do improv, bro. You kind of. <laughs> you came ready to play. <laughs> Um, All right. Uh, I had something to say about Bottoms. Oh, <laughs> the, I just like the clip yeah, where she's walking Let's back go. to the car with with yes. uh, with Rachel. Uh, what's her name? Rachel Sennett. Um, yeah. I, 
that's the one that comes up on my internet.com feed a lot. Uh, exactly. and I watch it every time. Yes. The only one in ensemble that I had that wasn't already mentioned, like in other categories was the artifice girl. Um, Tatum Matthews plays the AI. Uh, it's a movie about an AI and she plays that AI. And uh, well I've said, said it a few, <laughs> a few times that she's the best uh, child performer that I've seen since Mackenzie uh, Foy in interstellar. She's, I don't know, 12 or 13, something like that in the movie. And she's amazing. Uh, David, David Gerard, Sandra, Cinda Nichols, Franklin Rich, Lance Henriksen, uh, and Franklin Rich also wrote and directed the movie. Uh, it's basically, you know, Steve Jobs, where it's got three different sections at three different periods of time. And then you just hop from one to the next, each with its own uh, title card introducing it. Uh, and it's a very small cast. So to answer that question from earlier, yeah, it counts, but it, uh, I think they're all excellent. Um, I'll mention one then that hasn't been brought up yet. That's showing up. This is with Michelle Williams and uh, give me a minute. I'll talk about it as I pull up the cast list, but this is just a really great um, slow moving movie. That's uh, you just sort of get to exist with the characters and then in the space and it's very beautifully shot. It's directed by Kelly Reichardt and I have the cast here now. Hong Chao is like my favorite cast member in the whole thing. She's so funny as the, as the kind of, landlord that gets on michelle williams's nerves but you have john majaro good reason uh, andre three andre 3000 is in this amanda Plummer. there's a lot of interesting people judd hirsch is in this as well so re, uh, reuniting from the mm. fablemans with michelle williams but everybody's oh, really great it, it feels very lived in and um it's a movie that has grown on me a ton since i first saw it um i think about it more than most of the other movies i saw this year actually just because i really it, it is just one where I just love existing in the space and I want to rewatch it just for that reason. It's not like a mile a minute plot or anything like that. I think um, I remember when, before I saw the movie, David Ehrlich's review said something like it makes first cow look like fast and furious. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and it's not wrong, but it's just a, it's a beautiful movie and it's got a great cast. They're all great, especially Hong Chow. Uh, it's gorgeous. I love that movie. Are you going to be nominating the bird with a broken wing for supporting actor? 100%. All right. Um, yeah, I've just, I don't know if you guys want to say any more about these ones, but I just want to throw back out the movies that we've been talking about. Uh, this is one that I'll actually kind of fight for the this cast or this movie in this category. And that's She Came to Me again. She Came to Me. I was going to say this. Yeah, that's, yeah. it was next on my list too. <laughs> Dinklage, Tomei, Hathaway, like we said. The two teens whose, whose names I don't remember, um, Brian Darcy James as the <laughs> obsessive Civil War reenactor slash racist. Oh, man. Slash court Everything. stenographer. Slash court stenographer. It's amazing. I uh, love it. Pipeline Theater Camp. Reality. Yeah. I'll throw out then um, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial for Outstanding Ensemble. Uh, this is one where it was just like person after person kept coming up on the stand. And I'm like, wow, they're really good. They're really good too. And it was just like, I, I think the standout for me, um, obviously Kiefer Sutherland is the best, but like of the supporting cast, uh, Lewis Pullman, because I had just seen him in this and the Starling Girl in like a couple mm-hmm. days back to back. And he's pretty different in both of those. He was really great. But uh, Jason Clark is amazing. Uh, Lance Reddick. Um, in one of his last performances is is great. Jay Duplass comes in and gives a really, really great performance too, um, which is kind of nice to see because I feel like Mark Duplass is usually the Duplass brother we hear more from. And so it was cool to see Jay uh, crush it. Um, 
yeah, everybody was fantastic in this. I, I, I thought the acting was a pretty huge highlight for me. Jason Clark playing the same character than Oppenheimer? Perhaps. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, version, by the way. Maybe. Yeah. I don't have any more for I don't have any more for ensemble. All the ones that I liked were mentioned. I, I, ha- I have more that I could mention. Um, okay. I would yeah, also. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would throw out Blackberry. I think everybody in that is is fantastic, especially Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton. But there's just a lot of small people who just pop up in bit parts here or there. Um, I would say, uh, "You hurt my feelings." For me, is one that. If I were if I were running the show here, that would that would probably be what wins, just because I think Julia Louis Dreyfus, Tobias Menzies, I liked the Sun character Owen Teague. Not everybody seems to like that character when they watch this movie. That's that that storyline seems to be one of the more common uh, criticisms that they just couldn't get quite on board with that emotional. I don't arc, even remember it worked pretty... who was the actor there. Owen Teague. Yeah, you're kind of proving you're proving the point, right? Because yeah. it's not as memorable. Michaela oh. Watkins, who's the sister, um, Stewie from Succession, is really good in it and is very different than he is in Succession, which I thought was cool. Every single yeah. one of the therapy patients, like like you all said, David Cross and Amber Tamblin, but also Zach Cherry is really good and funny in it too. Um, and then uh, Jeannie Berlin plays Julia Louis Dreyfus's mom. So this for me would be like an easy win. I understand it's not going to win just because. Again, I don't think you two love this one as much as me, but I, I I just loved everybody in this movie. And then the last one I'll mention on my list here is Memory, um, which I know, Robert, at least you saw. But I think um, the movie didn't perfectly work for me, but I think everybody in it is pretty great. Jessica Chastain and Merritt Weaver are probably my two favorites in the cast, but Peter Sarsgaard's really good in it, too. Talk about a baffling movie that I don't even know how to talk about the performances because I think they're in a very weird movie that just overall doesn't really work for me. But if anything works, it's the performances in that one. I'm all out. Let's move on to supporting actor. Then this is a genderless category. So we're just going to throw out uh, just any people who we think worked. I will start and say, you know, I'm just going to start with my absolute favorite and that's Noah Galvin in theater camp. Uh, I've been a hundred percent team Galvin ever since book smart. Um, and I think he even surpasses his book smart role, which is already, you know, a 10 out of 10, uh, he, he surpasses it in theater camp. And we talked about that big ending scene and it works because he's so great. And just like him answering the, uh, the walkie talkies that, that montage is one of my favorite movie moments of the year. He is great. I, I didn't have this on my list. It hadn't even occurred to me that he's great in this. Yeah. I didn't have him either, but he's really good. All right, got a couple of haters. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go. It's tough because I really love everybody from this movie, but I think I'm just going to pick my favorite. And so I'm going to go with Jamie Foxx from They Clone Tyrone. Um, I think I just think Jamie Foxx is quietly one of the most talented guys in Hollywood, and he can do kind of anything he wants to do. Uh, I think everybody in the movie is doing really, really well, but he is hilarious he gives a kind of nuanced performance um i don't i don't know it's 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 the performance from they clone tyrone that i ended up thinking about the most and so i was like all right well you're gonna get the award from that really good movie with a really good cast then um so i just want to say jamie fox yeah i actually had uh tiona paris as my 
they clone Tyrone pick here. She just was cracking me up the whole movie talking yeah. about, you know, her sis, Nancy Drew, um, like mm-hmm. every, every line she said just kind of blew me away. And Jamie Foxx, like I already know is incredible. Cause like I've seen him in, you know, like Ray and collateral and, and, and other things, but um, she really surprised me. Cause I only Amazing know her Spider-Man from too. the, Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, he lied to me. He hates something. <laughs> um, uh, but I had only seen Tiona Paris in the Marvels where like in retrospect, it's like a really blandly written character in my opinion, at least. And so mm-hmm. I feel like this was kind of a revelation to me to see her in this because she's so charismatic and funny and uh, makes me kind of sad that, that she gets such a high profile role and doesn't get the chance to kind of show off how great she is. Um, I feel similarly about Brie Larson in that, in that movie too, but yeah, so she's my, they clone Tyrone pick. I'm just going to echo what both of you said about both of those actors in that movie because I had them both on there. Have an original thought for once, man. Come on. God, disgusting. I'll ask you again. Do any of us have original thoughts? Uh, Not you, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Nice cop out. Uh, Here's my my nominee from She Came to Me and it's Anne Hathaway. Uh, The most uh, it's difficult to say, but I'll say the most unpredictable <laughs> arc in that whole movie with Brian Darcy James being a close second. Um, I saw it coming scene... from minute one. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was completely obvious. Which one? Uh, Anne Hathaway. Oh, I'm uh, making a joke. I'm doing a, I'm no, doing I know. a sarcasm. No, I know. I'm just saying last time I met up with you in person, you were just coming from the convent. So it doesn't surprise me that you would uh, uh-huh. relate to her character. Um, okay. yeah. noted none foster okay cool. <laughs> yeah she's just great i i love her she's amazing <laughs> i'm planning to sue james wan for stealing my my life rights for the nun too actually now that you mention it uh with that said i am gonna mention glenn howerton in blackberry which would be my number mine. one for yeah, he's, he's my, my number one for this category. Do you want do you want to talk about him then, Nash? No, no, please. I'm I watched I honestly watched Blackberry because of y'all's ratings, so you you two should probably take it if you guys have him on there. Oh, I, I think you like it more than Robert. Robert, Robert yeah. I remember wasn't as high on it as everybody else. I think oh, okay. it's way cool. overrated to be honest. While while uh, well, I think you're overrated. <laughs> okay. Um Glenn Howerton is it's for me he just perfectly toes the line between being like funny and scary like when he yells you're simultaneously like oh my gosh like i would not want to be in the room opposite him but like as an audience member you're laughing because he's just the like level of seriousness and intensity with which he says every single line is so perfect um it's it's the like from waterloo where the vampires hang out every time that clip comes up on my internet.com feed i have to watch (laughs) that one as well uh what a burden i bear right (laughs) that i have to watch these great clips over and over again every time they come up but uh, Do they have a, the inter- internet in the nunnery where you're, or the convent where you where you live? Well, okay, perhaps I'm revealing too much information here. I really shouldn't get into. I might be, um, you know, breaking some of the the rules, you know, and regulations of the of the convent. But um, <laughs> moving on, Oscar <laughs> which, is just a, which uh, evil billionaire owns internet.com? Which evil billionaire? Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know. Zuckerberg has Facebook and Musk has the other one. So Uh, Lucas Madsen. There you go. There's a reference for you. Oh, I I don't mind him. 
I don't know what that's supposed to mind. mean. <laughs> Robert, Gosh, why don't you, us, why don't you supporting go? Actor. Save, oh. save this podcast, someone. Okay, well, can I just can I just jump off of Glenn Howerton for a second? Because I Please do. I just I want to say uh, in it like in a different movie that performance is probably kind of hokey, but I think it's the um, you hit you hit the the nail on the head where it's just like he is really bought in and he makes me believe that like this guy is insane. He's kind of an, a total jerk, but also he genuinely cares about the Blackberry. Um, like he, 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 or he cares about selling things. He, he cares about business and to have him like energizing you through, throughout that film. Um, he's just doing, he's just on another level. He's operating, um, at a, at, on a, on a plane that I was just like, wow. Okay. Glenn Howerton. Um, now I'm going to start paying attention to things you do because you are incredible. Um, so I just had to get my spiel out because I love his performance. Like one of my favorite performances of the year. <laughs> yeah. If you like his performance in that, I want to check out other stuff. You should really watch uh, fool's paradise. I don't know if you saw that one. He's, <laughs> he's really good. Is he, is he um, in that? He is in that. <laughs> oh boy. He's actually one of the uh, only good parts of that movie. Do you have one, Robert? Oh, I have more than one. Let's go to my favorite supporting uh, actor in, or there goes me, Margaret. And that's Rachel McAdams. Uh, I think Rachel McAdams gets unfairly shoehorned into a specific type of, or pigeonholed into a specific type of role, or maybe that's just what she likes playing. And if so, more power to her. Um, But she's great in this as like, not just kind of the wife or the, uh, the girlfriend character for as much as I love about time. That's basically all that she is. Um, But here she has, a lot more depth and a lot more layers as the mother who imparts all this wisdom and who goes through her own stuff. Um, and as I understand it, a lot of that stuff that she goes through isn't in the original book. Um, so yeah, she just adds a lot of layers and Rachel McAdams is just a great actress and I want to see her continue to like get meaty roles and not just ones where she plays, you know, the love interest. Uh, I completely agree. I think, I think she is, um, like she's almost my favorite part from that movie because her story is mirroring the coming of age of her daughter. And mm-hmm. it's kind of showing that like, we are like, that's the one, that's the story that I saw myself more in where it's like, it's a coming of age a little bit for her too. Cause this family is adjusting. They just moved and she's trying to figure out how she like fits in this new world and try to balance the past with her future. And while also being a, good mother to a teenage girl going through her own things. I just think, I think the movie works so much because she is delivering not just like, Oh, a really good mom in a coming of age movie. She is given a parallel story and she absolutely crushes it. This is an easy number two for me. I kind of have a sense that this might be where we're leading when we eventually pick our, pick our winners just because it's one that I think we can all get on board with. Um, I want to mention Hong Chow from showing up is one that I that I think is a really great supporting performance. She's kind of a scene stealer for me. Um, I think maybe I'll just rattle off a couple just for the sake of time. I, I want to mention from movies we've already talked about, I, I like Merritt Weaver in memory a lot. She has just this great like awkward energy that feels natural. It's like, it's like uncomfy, but it's real, you know? 
Um, the same kind I, of thing in marriage story. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you have been served. I'm serving <laughs> you. <laughs> so good. Uh, Tobias Menzies and You Hurt My Feelings, I think is incredible. Um, in To Catch a Killer, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, because I guess Shailene Woodley is the lead, but Ben Mendelsohn is really good. And then the mystery cast member who we've not mentioned in the last third, I think really is like my favorite performance of the movie. Um, uh, did, did you have any you, you wanted to anything you wanted to mention about those that I just threw out? Because I have a couple more quick ones just to just to have them said that we haven't mentioned yet. I was just going to throw out Mendelssohn myself. So I'll, I'll agree with that one. He's never not great. So it's good to see him on, you know, being this, doing this kind of role. Who's not totally the bad guy, but also kind of antagonistic, but also not anymore after a certain point, because he's got more depth than I like seeing him, you know, his, your expectations of him being subverted. So uh, that's a, that's a good, a really good use of Mendelssohn in that movie. Mm-hmm. In that case, maybe I'll just continue rattling mine off. I don't know if any of you had Lewis Pullman on there for the Starling Girl, but I thought he was pretty great. Um, this is like the first like real full performance I've seen from him. And considering how different he is here than in stuff like Top Gun Maverick or Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, sorry, I can't speak. Bad Times at the El Royale. I was super impressed with him in this. Um, it's, a, it's a great like you don't really know how to feel about him for a while in the first like third of the movie. It, like <laughs> it's, it's just like it's, it's uncomfy. And then you slowly st- start to kind of piece him together and the, the sort of um, relationship at the center of the movie. It's a very like, I think tricky performance probably to pull off and he's really great in it. Um, yeah. You start off not knowing how to feel. Then all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, I know exactly how to feel. Oh no, this is terrible. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Um, I also no, I don't think either of you have seen this sympathy for the devil with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage no. is just insane. He has red hair. He has a red blazer. He dances to karaoke in the middle of a diner. So that's all you need to know. Um, and then my last one, thank God, uh, is Jermaine Fowler in the blackening, which is a movie that I didn't really care for all that much, but I thought he was really good. He's the kind of like quirky nerdy one of the group that comes in oh. and is sort of the outsider. Um, and then there's more revealed about Don't him. They as call the him Urkel or on. something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's him. Yeah, it's just not that not it's not literally Urkel, but yeah, yeah, it's that character no, no, no. that yeah. you're mentioning. Um, I thought he was really good. So like, even though I didn't love that movie, I came away from it thinking that guy though is like a really interesting comedic talent. I think was he the one that brought up Trump? I think he was the one, right? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Nash, did you have any last ones before I throw out my last one? Oh uh, yeah, just one more. Um, and it's again a movie that I don't that people don't really love a whole lot. But I just want to shout out Jodie Foster from Niad because <laughs> I think that um, I think Annette Med, uh, Annette Benning is going for it. She's she's good. She's fine. I think Jodie Foster is the standout performer from that movie. Um, and I think it is. It's such a Jodie Foster role and. It's perfect. It's so good. It's just it's just Jodie Foster delivering another amazing Jodie Foster performance in a movie that probably doesn't deserve the level of like commitment she's doing to be this like real person. To see the real footage and then to see what Jodie Foster was doing, I was like, mm-hmm. this is incredible. I don't know how you can embody this kind of um, offbeat human being. And Jodie Foster did it. Um, and I actually love Reese Ifans e- from that movie as well, the boat yeah. captain. Um, a guy who is 
like I know him a lot from like the late nineties, early two thousands movies. Oh. <laughs> um, he's also in Spider Man, yes. But I'm, I'm it all of, comes like, back to the Amazing Spider Man. <laughs> I saw my chance had to take it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're both they're both really good. I like Annette Benning is fine, but those two in the supporting roles I actually liked more. So yeah, I didn't like that, that movie, but uh, Jodie Foster is definitely much more effortless than uh, Annette Benning, who you can really tell is you know going for it, like he said. Um, my last one is Tatum Matthews, who plays the AI girl and the Artifice girl. Um, basically, she's elevated because of that final uh, you know final act, I guess. Um, where, spoiler, I guess, you finally see her kind of as, as a physical presence. Um, and she's great. It always impresses me when a child actor can act with the maturity and the poise of an adult, because that's what that character is, you know, as a, as a computer. Um, and she does it to great effect. Are, are neither one. of you guys as high on that one as I am? Un- unfortunately, I'm not quite as high on that performance as you are. Um I think I'll just maybe leave it there, but I could, I could go into it further if you want to have a conversation about it, but it's not, it's not on my list. Well, it's, I, okay. I fall in a similar camp. I just didn't know if we were like, if we're actually tearing each other down at this point. <laughs> I think if you want to tear me down, let's wait until we come back around to discussing uh, <laughs> who we want to win. Okay. That, I don't have any more supporting actors. Or me actresses. neither. All right, then let's go to lead actor um i don't know if this one counts as lead or supporting but i put him in lead and that's ben platt in theater camp uh would you guys think he's lead or supporting uh he's lead he's the lead in that case he's yeah i'm throwing him out there because all i'd seen him in previously was dear evan hansen which was god awful and this is god great and pitch perfect (laughs) you've seen pitch perfect right (laughs) A long time ago, I don't remember it to be honest. He's uh, great in Pitch Perfect. I love. He's Pitch very Perfect. good in Pitch Perfect. <laughs> he's so good. Well, because Where was I his had... Oscar. <laughs> because I hadn't seen it since then. Well, we could give him an Oscar. Um, because I hadn't seen Pitch Perfect since then, it was basically like seeing my first good Ben Platt performance, and I think he's awesome. Uh, when he says, "I'm not mad, I'm just uh, furious," is one of my favorite line deliveries of the entire year. Okay. Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. <laughs> he's in he's in basically uh, two scenes in the movie, and they are the most important scenes in the movie, arguably. No, they probably are, right? He's the lead, they right? Are. He's yeah. The like I was thinking like lead, I guess. Jason Clark and the other and the you know prosecutor Jake is the lead. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay, well then, regard. Okay, wherever we want to put him, Kiefer, sure. Kiefer Sutherland yeah. deserves to be here. Uh, he's so good. Um, I, for some reason, had him like pigeonholed in my head for a long time, but he's actually just a really good actor. He's, um, he's. You can tell he's kind of changed his voice a little bit mm-hmm. um, because he has a pretty recognizable sound, and he's doing like he's kind of talking out of the side of his mouth. Um, the, the way he's works up like in the agitation moments and he like clearly isn't super well spoken. Kind of um, like Robin. I don't know. It, yeah. Wow. 100%. Going right at um, it. <laughs> <laughs> to quote John uh, yeah, just, No, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Um, <laughs> anyways, 
I think he's I think he's great. And like kudos to Foster for even saying this movie, because I wouldn't have watched this movie if he hadn't said it yesterday. Uh, but it's so good. And he is the heart and soul of a heart pounding movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where, wherever he is, he's high on my list, too. I, I think he's kind of incredible. I would put him in supporting, but uh, still. OK. Him. Yeah. I just Do you have someone him. that you would put in lead then, Robert? Um, do I have someone who I'd put in lead? Yeah, I got Ayo. It, it did. Be, what, how do you say that name again? <laughs> I say Ayo Edabiri. I'm pretty sure. I Ayo say Ayo. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, uh, she's incredible in this movie as she is in the bear. And I don't know if I've seen her in anything else live action, but either way, theater camp, theater camp. That's true. That's my one Absolute complaint about buffoon. That's my, egg on my your one, face. My one complaint about that movie is that like she's just kind of there for like three punchlines and then doesn't have anything else to do. Um, but we're talking about Bottoms and she's amazing in Bottoms where she says he's effing the evangelist. He's effing the event. Like just that line delivery is yeah gets stuck in my head like a song and she's so great. Yep. I had this on mine as well. Uh, I have a few in this category, which is fun that are from movies we haven't mentioned yet. I'm going to throw out one that is very high up for me, and that is Alden Ehrenreich in Fair Play. <laughs> I think this movie is campy and over the top and kind of weird and doesn't always work. I think Alden is fantastic and going for it one million, thousand, billion, zillion, trillion percent. He is like unhinged in a way that I didn't even know he could do because that. I just have never seen him do this before and he crushed it so hard and made the movie so watchable. It's like him and Phoebe Dynever, right? Them mm-hmm. two together made the movie for me. Otherwise, I don't know if I'd really care about the movie much apart from them, but he's so good, especially in like that last third. He just goes like completely off the rails and it's pretty fun to watch. Make yeah. a joke, Robert. Go. I see no, it on your I'm, face. <laughs> I'm waiting to see what Nash has to say because I know Nash had lots of complicated feelings on fair play no it's fine it makes sense uh, it makes sense to put him there like i think i like he is the best part about the movie um and so i it makes sense to put him in outstanding lead actor i get Wait it till yeah. we get the best movie i'm just kidding <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> no way when nash and i talked about this on sif pop writers room a few months ago uh i mentioned that there's this one face that uh alden makes when he buys the wrong stock or whatever he does because i don't understand actually the specifics of that movie but like he gets in trouble with his boss and he like sits on the floor making this face that i've only ever seen on my three-year-old nephew when he knows that he's done something wrong and is about to get in trouble for it and that face uh is just so perfect and that alden can channel it as like a 35 year old man is amazing and so i don't fault that pick whatsoever um come back around to it Peter Dinklage, she came to me. Amazing. Love it. He's great. Um, the depressed writer's blocked opera composer who starts an affair with a tugboat, a horny, sex addicted <laughs> tugboat captain. Uh, the most straightforward movie of the year. And I you know, can't get enough of it. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Foster's favorite. Well, the one the one that Foster has mentioned a couple times um, showing up Michelle Williams. I think that um, you went like Foster went on, like you went on the, the whole thing about the Nicole Holofcener movie. 
Um, I feel very similarly about showing up. And I think it kind of helps that it's, uh, it was filmed like four minutes away from where I currently live. Um, Mm. And I feel like I know these people and I've met these people and worked with these people, but she is so good. Um, And she just is proving that she's one of our like most talented actresses working today. She can do anything she wants to do. And to see her in this kind of like frumpy role um, where she's kind of ornery and she's just kind of pissed off and, um, but she just embodies the embattled artist so well. Um, I just, I, I was blown away by her. So I just want to give her a shout out for here. She can do anything she wants to do. And that's why she's been in two Venom movies. I, I like to predict what jokes you're going to make, Robert. And I I had her letterboxed open in the other tab, and I was like, he's going to mention Venom. Uh, for me, what what made this... I didn't even have to go to Letterboxd to make that joke. That's how deep my bag is. Go well, no, it. it just occurred to me when I was looking up the stuff she's been in recently. But what makes this one so significant to me is because... Uh, so The Fablemans is like, like my favorite movie of the past few years. Um, and mm-hmm. she, I do think, is very good in it, but she's clearly going for it. Um, and so going from the Fablemans to showing up for me, like that back to back was just like what completely sold her on me. N- not that there was any doubt before, but like that she can do something so subtle and unshowy it, of a performance as showing up to me was very, very cool. Like you could theoretically imagine showing these two movies to someone back to back and they might not even realize it's the same person. Um, she's sure. really great. Have you guys seen will... Take This Waltz? It's no. uh yeah, uh, who the director of Women Talking? I can't remember her name right now. Sarah Polly. Yes, Sarah thank Polly. you. It's a Sarah Polly movie, and uh, that's another Foster. If you like understated Michelle Williams, you should watch Take This Waltz. It's very good. Okay, adding it to the to the never ending list. I know. <laughs> um, I'll mention. Uh, I'll just keep. I'll just keep mentioning some that I know are just going to be me picks. Uh, I'm going to go with Caitlin Deaver from No One Will Save You, which is a Hulu horror movie. I don't know if either of you saw this, but um, no, I didn't end up watching it. No. Okay, it's here's what's cool about it is um, so most people say the first two thirds is really good, and then the last third kind of fumbles it. I actually loved the last third, um, and so I'm like kind of on board for the whole thing. Uh, It's effectively a silent movie. There's no dialogue from anyone the whole movie it's just sounds music and caitlin deaver is like the face of the of the movie it's her for like an hour and a half running away from aliens basically it's the whole movie and so she has to kind of sell the entire emotional arc of the story um and like the fear that you see on her face as she's like you know hiding behind like like all sorts of things in the movie because she's like on the run sort of the whole time but she she is so good i mean not that there was any doubt because she's incredible but um she is, she's just so, so, so good in this and like carries the movie on her back. Not that the other elements aren't good. It's, I like the movie a lot, but yeah, you need someone like her at the, at the front and center. Nash, did you want to talk about Tiana Taylor? Cause you mentioned her earlier. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, she's uh, pretty incredible in that movie. Uh, sorry. I wasn't ready to talk about her. Um, oh, no, sorry. She is. No, she's a, I think that movie has, three really good performances but she is next level um operating on like a it's the type of performance where in a lighter year like if it wasn't 2023 where there were so many good performers across the board 
Um, I think Tiana Taylor could have gotten a nomination um, for what she's doing. Uh, like, as I think Robert mentioned, um, it's like over like a 12 year period and uh, the maturation that she's, that she makes on screen as a mother is so good. Um, it's just incredibly heartfelt. Um, I want to shout out, uh, I mentioned the movie earlier a couple of times, Sydney Sweeney in reality. Uh, a lot has been made recently about how she's not good in the rom-com, anyone but you. Um, and But that might be just because it's not, you know, the type of movie that best serves her uh, her acting skill set. And I think reality really serves well her acting skill set. She does a good job of kind of being a hard nut to crack in the movie and you don't really especially if you don't know the story again, like I didn't um, you don't really know too much of what's going on. Um, and that's just kind of because of her demeanor and the way that she uh, carries herself. And yeah, I was really impressed with her in this movie, having only seen her in the first season of euphoria. She's, gr- she's great in this. I've never seen her in anything before. This is my introduction to her. And I thought she was amazing. I would never know anything about like her, reputation from anyone but you or euphoria or anything i I know nothing about her other than this movie and i thought she was fantastic uh i'm going to mention eliza scanlon from the starling girl which like to be honest i'd be happy if this wins the whole thing i thought she was i thought she was amazing i really i thought this was a good movie i didn't quite get on board with the last third of it but um she she's really incredible i've seen her in a few things and she's always been like a a standout as in like, Oh, she's one to watch. And so it's kind of cool to see her like lead the movie in this way. And I, for me, the scenes that stand out actually are when she has uh Lewis Pullman's wife comes in to her dance mm-hmm. class and gives her these like obnoxious notes about how to fix the, the, the dance because apparently she's being too self-centered in the way her dance movements are because she's standing up or because her leg is, turning too much when she spins in a circle, you know, things like that. And Eliza Scanlon just has this facial expression of like, I want to kill this person right now. And I just, I kind of relate, relate to that weirdly as a perfectionist. Like when people start to kind of wanting to kill someone, not, not to wanting to kill someone, but like anytime, like, like I'm working on something and, and someone else wants to do it a different way. I'm always like deep breath foster. I have to just like accept the, like I like in school and stuff, whenever this would happen, like I was, I was a fun, a fun person to be around in middle school. So. And and you um, still are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, what, what I'm trying to say in not as many words is that's how I feel when I'm on this podcast. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> um, when Robert bosses me around. Uh, anyways, she's fantastic in this movie. I don't know if you two have anything to say about it. When I boss you around, that's why we talked about Crank, right? Because I wanted to do it so badly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just agree. I uh, I didn't have her on my list, but that's a good call. Um, I really liked the movie. I think probably a little bit more than both of you guys did. Um, yeah, it's not the last third that doesn't work for me. It's actually just like the very last scene that doesn't work for me. Um, but up until that, I thought everything else was really great. And you're right, Eliza Scanlon, Little Women, uh, what is it, The Devil All the Time, the Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson movie. Yeah. And uh, even she's in there for a couple minutes and old. Uh, mm-hmm. She she has she has the ability under there. I wouldn't be surprised to see her, you know, continue to rise. Yeah, I mean, big ditto. Like she's, I mean, I am maybe the lowest on that movie of the three of us, but she is admittedly really, really good. Um, I actually have another young performer if I can shout out. Um, yeah. 
for basically i think i think lola campbell in scrapper for a debut performance um like an introducing role is she's so good um it feels like a um macaulay culkin mixed with brooklyn prince from the florida project mixed yep. with doing her own thing a little bit like uh she is so watchable so funny um she is doing the thing where she is playing a character like she's playing a 12 year old that is like acting like an adult sometimes but then also very much acting like a kid um other times and so it's just it's just beautiful marriage of kind of precociousness and um just being a natural kid just being you know silly and goofy and getting in to trouble and hijinks uh i adore that movie and i think that so much of it works because they got an incredible lead performance from her from a child actress foster didn't like hijinks when he was a kid apparently well he wanted to maybe murder somebody so it makes sense i know that's what we're learning um there's quite a lot to, to unpack here I'm, I'm 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 noticing throughout the the course of this podcast about my my uh, spotty history as both you steal a cars. potential yeah as both exactly as both a potential murderer and a nun so and a nun. well the, i mean that's the that's the timeline right you were a potential murderer and then you became a nun to try to escape that life now see that's it. what everybody that's what everyone thinks it's actually the other way around i was wow. a nun i was a nun who went rogue uh, I also had Lola Campbell on my list. Uh, I I don't know where he would fall. Probably supporting, but Harris Dickinson I think deserves mention regardless of wherever we'd put him. He's probably supporting, but um, yeah, this is a fantastic child performance. I think from Lola Campbell, exactly like you said, she's like she's really great, but she also has a personality to her. Like her sense of humor is it's not just like every other kid. It's like really uniquely funny and British and snarky and. You know, she just like calls everybody stupid. You know, she's like, I didn't realize you were so stupid. You know, she just like sighs. <laughs> she's like a she's like a sassy, like 50 year old woman, like in the body of a 12 year old. She's she's perfect. Funny. That's how I describe you. <laughs> Whoa, fair. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> the last um, one I wanted to highlight was Abby Ryder Fortson talking about, you know, young uh, lead actresses from Are You There, God? Uh yeah, she's great. I think you guys probably liked. I really liked the movie, but you guys probably liked it even more than I did. So uh, I had her on my list, but I would like to throw it over to you if you guys had any more, you know, substance to your reasons why you you might want to highlight her. I, I don't have anything I need to add. I don't oh. really either. I think I think a lot of that is kind of captured in the ensemble argument for me, where sure. it's like I think all three of them are pretty great with Rachel McAdams maybe being my favorite performance which is the reason why I have her but yeah I get it I have a few more on my on my list overall how many do you have left Nash and Robert zero zero okay oh gosh for real I'm gonna have to like people are gonna get sick of me quick okay I'm gonna rattle some off uh David Johnson and Vivian Oprah in Rye Lane Mm -hmm. I think really deserve to be mentioned um I liked that movie. I think I'm a little lower on it than the rest of the world, but I liked it a lot. And it's mostly because of those two and the chemistry they have. I thought they were just great and funny and likable and charming. And I've never seen either of them before in my life. And within like 10 minutes, I was completely on board. Um, I would also say Jessica Chastain and memory again. You're really going to harp on this movie. 
yeah, think about whatever you want about the movie Robert, but I think Jessica Chastain is one of our best actresses right now, or one of our best actors right now, and she is she's really good in this in this, I think. And without someone like her at the center, I don't know if I would have really been able to get on board with much of the movie at all because it is kind of like you said, a, a bit of a strange premise, but um it is the acting for me that sells it. I will say in earnest that I think that performance is much better than the one she won the Oscar for. I don't know if I agree with that, but that's, a, that's I, I know. A I know you really like the, the, uh, whatever it's called. T- Tammy I Tammy Tammy Faye. Yeah. But I really which like this one. Which more. She's really good in and you're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I oh, also wow. Have... She wore makeup. Good for her. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can't even, don't even go there because you're setting me off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, my camera's off right now, so you can't see it, but my face is doing Eliza Scanlon and the Starling Girl <laughs> in the Oh, dance. wow. Rami Malik lip synced. Oscar for him. Good job. Okay. Well, to be fair, can't, can't bring these things up because you know I'm going to go off, but that is not why I like Rami Malik. It's because of Mr. Robot, which he's incredible in. Okay. Uh, Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario, I think is, like a yeah. perfect comedic performance. Second time I've mentioned him today. Um, just fantastic. Julia Louis-Dreyfus in You Hurt My Feelings. I think she's really great. Shailene Woodley in To Catch a Killer. Probably one of my favorite performances I've seen from her. And then I will say, even though I didn't really like this movie other than the music, Melissa Barrera in Carmen is quite good. And um, I, I like the Scream movies a ton. She's never been my favorite part of the last two, like of the new sort of core four. She's always been the one I've had the ho- most trouble getting on board with. So it was yeah. kind of nice to see her and Carmen and be like, oh my gosh, she's crazy talented. She's really, really good in this. I think that rounds yeah. us out for this category. Yeah. Let's go on to outstanding movie. And I guess this could probably just be a shorter conversation than all the other ones because we've basically hit on everything. Um so I guess start throwing out some that you would consider to be the best movie out of this group. How to Blow Up a Pipeline. That's that's it. It's I think it it's the best one. <laughs> okay. Well, I think there should be. I, I have a few options. Uh, well, I, I know. I just didn't. You said we didn't want to talk about it, so I was like, that's my that's my pick yeah, number yeah. one one A. I'd throw in Theater Camp and To Catch a Killer, uh, and even Reality as like one A B C. I would say Bottoms is right up there for me. I, I mean, I'll just mention them even though they're just me and I, I know they might not all win, but You Hurt My Feelings for me is my favorite movie in this in this category. Um, Blackberry, um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. I really loved Scrapper. I just finished it like 20 minutes before we got on this podcast, but it, it cool. kind of Recency moved me. bias. I, I gave like a glib response, but like all of the movies that you've just said are on my list with the exception of uh, the Julia Louis-Dreyfus yeah. one. <laughs> and, and then the last one that I really loved was, was Showing Up. I mean, I have some others that, that I also really liked, but in terms of ones that are in winning contention for me, that would be it. In uh, winning contention for me also would be Starling Girl. And I again, I know you guys aren't, uh, as high, but I did want to just throw it out in this category because I thought no, I liked good. it a lot. Okay. Um, and on the topic of the blank girl, I also w- would say the artifice girl is really good as a whole. Um, I wouldn't argue for it to win, but um, I, you know, I think it's worth mentioning at least in here. I just really did not a huge artifice girl fan. <laughs> 
Oh man. Uh, I would just, so I pro AI is what you're saying. Yeah. 100%. Um, uh-huh. the, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the takeover. Just uh, make my life so much easier. AI. Um, I'm kidding. I don't actually want that. Uh, Foster basically said my entire list with the exception of Rye Lane. Rye Lane is a movie that oh, I yeah. genuinely think is a really good film. So that's everything else. I did what you two have said. You guys have your boxing gloves. <laughs> okay, I'm re- I'm ready. I got my boxing gloves. Okay. Let's go back around to outstanding score slash music. As a refresher, real quick, we threw out Theater Camp, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, Starling Girl, Carmen, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, Bottoms, Last Voyage of the Demeter, Blackberry, They Cloned Tyrone, and Flora and Son. Out of all those, what what are you guys thinking? This is tough just because I feel like we all aren't familiar with each other's things because you all threw out a few. Like, I don't even remember the Pipeline score at all. Um, and I don't remember the Starling Girl music. For me, it's Carmen, and it's not even close, but... Um, we should have a discussion about it for sure. I, I, I didn't see the movie or listen to the score, so I can't really, you know, make a judgment on that one. But I can if you only guys chime in. Outvote me. Been, yeah, I mean, I can only chime in. It is very good music. Um, so I can, I can, I've listened to the whole soundtrack, so I know that it's good music. Oh, nice. I just, I don't think I would um, vote for it for my personal favorite, but if it's, you know, if it comes down to that or something else, I could see myself voting for it. I just think I think how to blow up a, how to blow up a pipeline. Like each individual element obviously makes the movie incredible, but I just think that the way the movie sounds and specifically the pulsating um, kind of there's some like EDM elements, but it's it's just it is the heartbeat of the film, and I think for a movie that is completely based around tension and i mean it is a heist but it's like not a necessarily a super fun heist it's not oceans 11 heist it's like we are it's like eco-terrorism heist and you know it it's it's just like a perfect marriage of visual and sound um and i think that's the reason why i'm advocating for it so heavily i understand it not winning but i think i just i want to get my last true argument out there for that one I might back you on that, Nash, because my instinct is to go theater camp, but I don't know how much of that really springs to mind apart from the final song, which is great. Um, And that's kind of what sticks with you when you're watching it, obviously, because it's at the end and it's such a good song. Um, So I don't know. I just might back you on how to blow up a pipeline unless there's a strong argument for something else. I would also... uh get behind theater camp that would be my number two after carmen I, I to be honest i do not remember the pipeline score at all but i if i'm outvoted that's fine i think two out of three is is more than fair for for winning so here's my thing with the theater camp uh pick foster can you remind me of any songs besides that final one that might you know put it in contention for best score slash music of the entire like in a movie for the entire year no, but I just I just remember the feeling I had when watching the movie was like, oh, yeah. wow, the music is really good, which is more than I can say for like pretty much every other movie on this list, apart from one or two of them. Nash, are you strongly uh, pipeline pilled? Um, I I liked theater camp a lot. I don't want to make it sound like I don't. I think I'm more mm-hmm. falling on the uh, argument that you just brought up where 
there's like a couple scenes from that or where music is front and center and it's really, really good. I think I'm only advocating for pipeline so heavily because I feel like it's throughout the entire movie and I can, but um, I'm okay with being outvoted because theater camp is a very good movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's not like I'm over the moon about theater camp as a movie or the music, to be quite honest. I'm just more proposing it as like a secondary pick for me since I know no one's going to get behind Carmen. So I was just trying to think of one that we all have seen and know the music enough. Um, but I'm fine if you two are, are pro-pipeline. No, yeah, just in life, I'm pro-pipeline. Um, I know. I was <laughs> good phrasing yeah. on my part. I think the way that we should do this is after some, you know, Kane Mutiny inspired del- deliberation, we should give out our official votes so my official vote is going to be how to blow a pipeline uh foster what is yours i mean it's carmen nash uh pipeline the ulster goes to (laughs) how to blow up a pipeline i'm sticking to it it really rolls off the tongue doesn't it it does it does speech 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 from the pipeline Uh, itself (laughs) we blew up the pipeline (laughs) Uh. Outstanding visuals. To catch a killer. Skinamarink. Uh how do you say any any mean? What did you say it was? I love it. Do that. Say it. I that think way. it's just men. I think it's just men. I think I think it's Ennis Main. It's it's Maine? like a oh, okay. it's from some other country that doesn't know how to speak words correctly. I know. <laughs> You're gonna be Canceled by by association. Uh, the last voyage of the Demeter. Rye Lane, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. She came to me, <laughs> and they cloned Tyrone. Uh, I really like the visuals in To Catch a Killer. Like I said, it's so much better than a procedural crime drama has any right to be. And uh, yeah, it's just really good. That's my first instinct. With you know, they cloned Tyrone, kind of being a secondary pick. I. I actually think for like really similar reasons, but for a different movie, I think that's the reason why Rye Lane is my first pick. But then, mm. yes, Tyrone is probably my second pick. Um, I think it what it's doing within kind of the genre is uh, feels really fresh and original. So, sure. So my first pick would be one of the one of the horror movies, one of the three I mentioned, either Skinner or Guinness, Maine or Demeter. But my second pick would also be they cloned Tyrone. And I wonder if that might be where we end up just by by way of compromise. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind making that my official vote. Um, just I don't know. I think Rye Lane was really good and I enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't quite as over the moon about it just in general as everyone else seemed to be. Um so I guess looking back, I really did think the visuals were, um, you know, like you said, Nash, more inventive than the genre kind of typically has. I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts, any other uh, arguments before we vote? Not particularly. I'd, I'd be good with Tyrone. I also like the visuals in Rye Lane, by the way. Um, so if people would rather Rye Lane over, over Tyrone, I would be fine with that, too. I, I will say I have... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Nash. I, I was just going to say, I um, I think I'm also on board with Tyrone winning here. Um, I think it's a really, it looks great. So is a deserving vote getter. Well, if we do our first round where each of us vote for a different movie, we can uh, change our votes because I still just want to go with my heart for this first round and say to catch a killer is my vote. 
Um, so that's what my, my official vote is going to be. So you guys can go with whatever you want to start off. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're going to, I mean, my heart says Rylane. So I'm going to say Rylane is my, is my, is my one vote is my first vote. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, my heart is saying Ennis main, which is, I know it's a random movie, but I would say to anyone listening just to look up the trailer. Cause it's a very cool looking movie. From my friends that really like horror and folk horror, they love this movie. So, like, I have heard from other people that it is a very good movie that looks incredible. So I can kind of, through hearsay, plus one you. Um, but I'm not going to be voting for it. <laughs> um, my compromise vote is officially going to be They Clone Tyrone. Because I know no one's yeah. going to, they catch a, or to catch a killer. Yeah, same here for me. Same. So kind of by not so begrudging default, the Oscar for Outstanding Visuals goes for They Clone Tyrone. It really does roll off the tongue. It ju- you just add an L to Oscar and it's the same. It's, it's nice. Um, <laughs> outstanding Story. You Hurt My Feelings. The Kane Mutiny, Marshall Court, whatever. Um, reality. Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret? Blackberry. Dream Scenario. A Thousand and One. To Catch a Killer. Sharper Fallen Leaves. How to blow up a pipeline, and she came to me. I don't know. There's a lot here. Yeah, I don't have a, a, a you know a first instinct. I don't either. Are there any As here I, that like you aren't on board for? Maybe it'd be easier by process of elimination. We can red a couple. Yeah, I'll red fallen leaves just because two of us haven't seen it. I yeah, seen I didn't sharper. Sharper. That one is one that I just wanted to shout out, so I'm okay with that. Being and I red. have not seen Thousand and One. Oh, that one probably doesn't need to win. Okay, then okay. if if that's your attitude, then I guess even if I voted for it, um, Dream Scenario, I really thought it kind of fell apart. Like I liked it. Yeah, I don't. I don't need that one in there. Okay, I liked it for a good amount of time, but yeah, I didn't. It's an incredible performance, but I actually think mm-hmm. specifically the story is what bums me out about. <laughs> so i don't think yeah i yeah i agree uh blackberry i would also you guys might outvote me on this one so i'm open to keeping it open um but blackberry i was missing any sort of you know heart or reason why uh at the center of it it kind of just stated a lot of facts was very entertaining but uh didn't have that extra layer of depth to me but i don't know if you guys would be on board with reading it to so early where are you at with blackberry foster so i don't need it to win like for me it would be like around three or four on this list probably yeah. four um i think i think that's where i'm at too yeah i mean just to come in in the movie's defense a little bit i think there mm-hmm. is a an interesting arc for jay baruchel's character where he starts to like value the pursuit of his job rather than the you know friends who helped get him there like with the Matt Johnson character in particular, I actually found that pretty moving when I watched the movie. Um, and I think the movie also ends, I think he's like in the warehouse opening the boxes, you know, yeah. of the blackberries. Yeah. It's, it's kind of ends on a very memorable note to me. So I do think the story is pretty strong, but yeah, again, we can read this one out, especially since you're not on board. Okay. Um, I don't know. Nash and I didn't really super love you hurt my feelings either. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, I'll just say that would be my number one, but we can read that out because, of course. I Right. Um, um, though we could start calling this podcast that because that's how I feel every time I talk to you. Calling it You Hurt My Feelings? Yeah. 
Mm. What a bummer. Bummer, <laughs> bummer for Robert's feelings. Um, I don't be mad at me would read out She Came to Me, which I think for me is like a very... I don't know how to how to phrase it. It's just like beyond description. The story. It's it's more like like just interesting and wild because of how like many crazy things it pulls together, and you're just sort of in awe at like the 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 amount of the audacity. You know, it's uh, yeah. I I I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah. I just don't have I don't have words for it. But like I wouldn't give it an award if that makes sense. No, I'm um, with you. That's one that I'll probably watch a lot just because it's so crazy. But like. You're right. The giving it an award, um, it's not. It's a little different. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't feel podium worthy, but it definitely. I feel like it can. It's like a fourth place for me. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. So we have, have Teen any... Mutiny Court Martial left. Reality. How to uh, to catch a killer. How to blow up a pipeline. And are you there, guys? Me, Margaret. Um. Well, I mean, I guess I'll. I guess I'll chime in on one that. I mean. Yeah. Reality wasn't necessarily my favorite movie. Like I think it's. It's good um and i i was interested in it because like you robert i didn't know anything about it going into it um Mm -hmm. the use of the like the conceit with the um the dialogue being the actual transcript is interesting and i think it works within what they're going for but uh i have i just i i think if i look at this list it's probably it doesn't really sing to me um it feels a little clunkier um, in comparison to something like uh, the Kane, the court house Kane, Michael Kane movie, um, <laughs> um, where I don't, I don't know. It's just like for a movie that's really dialogue heavy, um, I would advocate for something like um, the mutiny of Kane more um, or the Kane mutant. I don't, I don't know what, what you guys are out on that. <laughs> I also was going to suggest getting rid of reality next mostly okay. because of the conceit of the movie it doesn't like I wouldn't give it an award because it's like I'm giving an award to a transcript basically um, but how but often liked... do you see a movie I'm, I, I'm not trying to convince you I yeah. guess but like it's not often that you see a movie using this uh, you know format of making its screenplay um, it's like Memento you don't see any movies like Memento but it's a feature, not a bug. It's not like it's a gimmick, but it like serves a story. And I think that's how it works for reality. Just to come to its defense as it's so dying, just to, you know, to agree with you, I love the conceit of the movie, actually. And it really works for me. And that's part of why I like the movie so much. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree it, for yeah. me. For me, if I'm giving an award, I'm giving an award to, to a person who has created something, you know, sure. w- whereas like reality is a, a pre- not pre-written, but pre-ordained, I guess, like story, you know, it's, it's adapted from something that was already concretely put on paper. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. And that makes sense. Um, we have four movies left. I have a vote in my mind. Do you guys have votes in your mind? Do you want to just like say them? I'm between two. Okay. Then which ones are you between? I'm between uh, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, uh, which for me, as far as the dialogue goes, is just far and away like the most gripping. I was on the edge of my seat hanging on like every single word of this screenplay. So 
that's probably my number one vote. But then I would also say, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, more so for the story, just because I felt like those characters were so fully fleshed out and real to me. And yeah, those would be my two. That would be my three and four of what's left. But I don't know if uh, Nash might be leaning in that direction. My <laughs> my uh, case against the Martin of Court mutant uh, cane is that it's just a me thing. But anytime that there's a mystery like that or or like evidence being revealed like that, I'm just always drawn to the fact that someone wrote this um, and that they're just holding off the most important evidence and the most important piece of defense from, you know, one of the lawyers until the, the very end. Like I, I know they have it up their sleeve and I know they feel clever about coming up with it. And that's kind of how I felt with this one. Um, I still really liked it. I still think it's gripping, but it, for some reason, I just never feel the truth of this kind of movie. Um, if you guys want to vote for it and I'm outvoted, that's fine. But that's just kind of my little uh, quirk about courtroom movies. I um, I get that oh, quirk. I, I like. I understand. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from because I think I align with you almost like most of the time. I think the difference is, um, and it's similar ish to my experience when i was watching anatomy of a fall where i there it taps into something different for me um where it didn't feel like necessarily like the like ace up a sleeve type scenario um it felt presented in a way that a trial like that would actually be presented so i felt Mm -hmm. like it was weird it was like more organic than i often see those movies being um that being said i think i would probably i'm i'm going to i'm going to parrot foster and say are you there god it's me margaret i think on a story wise like it's so relatable and it's just a gorgeously written and told um adaptation and then for them to add various elements and for it to work and be seamless and then i think my other one would be pipeline um pipeline would be my number one and my last argument against kane uh is that i feel like it's pro military in the end uh pro military leaders and that's really what i didn't like about it and pro you know uh power trips and i wasn't having a good time in that final scene because of that reason um and that's enough to disqualify it in my mind um so in that case just to start the voting, because for sake of time, I'm going to vote Pipeline. I'm going to vote vote Margaret. Okay. I mean, I'll vote. I'm going to vote Kane, Mutiny Court Marshal. Um, that would be my first pick. If we're going to the second round, concessions round, I'm going to stick with Pipeline. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> so no other movie is going to be your second your second pick? It's or one, Margaret. Two. But it's I guess it's between that and Margaret. Um, because because I, my second pick is Pipeline, so I guess if you I, what is what would Foster's second pick be? Wait, what was your first Mar- one, Nash? Margaret. Oh, so and my, my my second pick is Margaret. So in that case, it probably should math out to being Margaret. No, because the exact same the exact same thing just happened with Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. As Pipeline, it's your one. It's oh. my one. 
and then somebody just seconded it. So <laughs> unless we go to three. <laughs> um, so between between just Pipeline and Margaret, is that what we have to do? <laughs> probably, yeah. Between those two, I'm going Pipeline, but I think I know where it's going to go. I would go Margaret. Yeah, we go to Margaret too. And the Oscar goes to for Outstanding Story. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Robert is fuming. I'm actually not. I like that movie a lot. He's so angry. I'm, 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 yeah. Um, Outstanding Ensemble. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Bottoms, Artifice Girl, Showing Up, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, She Came to Me, Reality, Theater Camp, Kane, Marshall, whatever the heck that movie is called. Blackberry, You Hurt My Feelings, and Memory for some reason. Um, uh, I think that has two, three. Okay, that's fair. That's got a few good performances. The mom in that is also excellent in her. It's got. I could count like five that I think are really good. The daughter too. I think she's pretty good. Yeah. Um, is that your vote? No, you. I just had to come to the defense of a movie that you, you, uh, slandered on air. Okay. What are we thinking for this, for ensemble? Memory. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think I'd go bottoms as I'm looking at this list. Or, my, I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say my gut is theater camp or she came to me, like, unironically. <laughs> I, okay, it's time you've won the, the Nash she came to me conversation has been unlocked she came to me is so good and i think it's i really want to advocate it for one of these and so this is the one i'm going to go real hard on because it's kooky crazy and those three (laughs) are so great they're so wonderful um i think that they're giving incredibly earnest performances that like easily could have been parody but it's like not like it's like you said this a couple of months ago, it believes in true love so much. And that's because of everybody involved feels so bought in to this alternate reality, whatever the hell is going on. And it, it, I, it made me believe in love, man. And it's, <laughs> I, I love what all of them are doing. They're so funny. They're playing on genuine emotion. Um, if if I can like really advocate for one, it's gonna be it's gonna be she came to me in this one. Might so, not win, well, but yeah. What I want to say about this is that uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it because so many people still haven't seen it. But it goes into like this very weird place with two teenage characters um, that in any other movie would be taking taken incredibly seriously, like it's an important movie. But instead, like you were just saying it's about the power of true love and the importance of, of, you know, being with the one. Um, and Evan Ellison and Harlow Jane are the actors who we didn't mention earlier. Um, they sell it. Like you were saying, everyone fully buys into this wacko, ridiculous premise. And because they buy into that wacko, ridiculous premise, I'm on its side. Like I also believe in the true love that it believes in. Um, as Anne Hathaway strips naked and screams about dumplings and then becomes a nun. Like what? <laughs> uh, I, I want to go out and say it. If Nash, you're on my side, uh, she came to me as my vote. 
Yes. Yeah, me too. Foster, what what's the loser in this situation? Um, I'll just say I'm fine with this winning. Like of all the categories where this could win, I feel like this is the one for it just because I watched this like a day or two ago. I feel like none of it works without the actors. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I I I feel like they sell it so hard because the movie is ridiculous. There's so many crazy things that happen in it. And uh-huh. I the character constructions are just so like inspired, I guess, is the, the nice, nicer way to put it. Like, I think Marissa Tomei, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage is, I think, like one of the best actors right now. He's just got such oh, an yeah. expressive face. And I have to say, not that he's my favorite mor- morally, but the one who just just like kind of cracked me up and killed me was Brian Darcy James. Just like his, his, you know, like insane insistence about every little thing and how excited he was to tell people about his job. You know, Um, he's just, I don't know that, that, that really cracked me up. Cause he's like a, he's like a Broadway actor. And, and so in my eyes, he's like, I just, the fact that he did this is just hilarious to me, but yeah, I'm fine with this winning. I'll co-sign it. Three votes. She came to me. You're giving it the. You're giving it your official vote. That's amazing. I'm giving it away. Yeah. Wow. The Oscar for outstanding ensemble goes to She Came to Me. I'm so happy about this. Like the second that I saw this movie, I wanted it to, you know, be in this conversation right now. And I'm so glad that it is, and that it won. Outstanding supporting actor. I'm not going to name the movies because I didn't write them down. Noah Galvin, Jamie Foxx, Tiona Paris, Anne Hathaway, Glenn Howerton, Rachel McAdams, Hong Chow, Merritt Weaver, Tobias Menzies, Ben Mendelsohn, mystery character from To Catch a Kill, uh, Killer, Lewis Pullman, Jermaine Fowler, Jodie Foster, Risa Fons, Tatum Matthews, and Kiefer Sutherland. That's a lot of names. Who's leaning a specific way to start? I gotta look through these. There's so many. I know you guys didn't, uh, and I know I just got my way in the previous category, but Neither of you considered him, but I really think Noah Galvin is great in theater camp. Um, I just want to, you know, push him out there as the first one. Um, if other ones get brought up, that's fine. But I, I, I do want him at least considered for these 10 seconds. So my, my, I think no, no Galvin is hilarious. I like him quite a bit. Um, I'm not going to vote for him, but like, I wouldn't be angry if he won. My mm-hmm. top three in this order would go number one, Glenn Howerton. Number two, Rachel McAdams, and then number three, Kiefer Sutherland. That's my top three. My top three would probably be Noah Galvin, Tatum Matthews, and then Rachel McAdams. Okay, well, I think that that might give it away then, because I think my one would be Kiefer Sutherland if he's considered as supporting, then Mm -hmm. Rachel McAdams, and then uh, Jamie Foxx, but... It sounds like maybe Rachel McAdams is taking that one. I think so. Who, who had like who had her higher on their overall? Did you both have her at two? I had her at two. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. Rachel McAdams is my official vote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say screw it as if there was an obvious other pick. <laughs> well, it, it was. It seemed like Keith, uh, Kiefer Sutherland was a. Oh oh, a was real he on your list? There. He was on Nash's list. But not well, yours. No, but it's a majority ours. vote. Yeah, I mean, all right. We'll if the majority went to Kiefer first, is what I'm saying. But I'm all going. right, you win this one again, Rachel McAdams. Again, it's more like finally. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just starting a rivalry. I just like to start things. <laughs> uh, 
Rachel McAdams wins the Oscar for Outstanding Supporting Actor. Outstanding Lead. Ben Platt, Io Debris, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, Peter Dinklage. I wrote the Dink and I had to remember who that was for a second. Um, Michelle Williams, Caitlin Deaver, Tiana Taylor, Sydney Sweeney, Eliza Scanlon, Lola Campbell, Abby Ryder Fortson, David Johnson, Vivian Opara, Jessica Chastain, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Shillian Woodley, Marissa, Melissa Barrera. I have no idea. I, I genuinely, I have no idea where to go here. Well, if you just <laughs> go by your favorite movie, then Alden Ehrenreich, right? Oh, get rid of that one, please. I'm just kidding. I, if, if Foster wants to argue with for that one, uh, be my guest. Uh, he's not my number one, but he, so like when I made my own list, I had a list of like 15 people, and then I just bolded the few that I cared about, and he was bolded. Um, but he's not number one. Let's see. I would go. My number one is probably actually Eliza Scanlon from the Starling Girl. Hmm. And Sydney Sweeney would be my number two, I think. Aha. Uh-huh. I was going to say Sydney Sweeney, then Ben Platt, then Io. I would be good with Io. Um, I would also be good with a lot of people on this list, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, so many of them are good. I mean, uh, I mean, it can't probably win simply on the fact that Foster hasn't seen it, but I genuinely think Tayana Taylor may have given my favorite performance out of this group. But yeah, Io, Io, also on my list. Um Eliza Scanlon, I can get I can get on board with either of those. So I'll kind of defer to you because I think I'll I'm good for Io or Sydney Sweeney or Eliza Scanlon winning this. All right. Well, sounds like we're all on the same page with the same three uh, performers. So do you want to do a first round of votes then to see how it shakes out? Sure. Well, it sounded like both of you had Sydney Sweeney like high, right? Yeah, I have her. Well, she'll she's, be my like, vote, my first vote. She's she's like, there's a few people that are just tied for my first vote, basically. I mean, I don't know. I have a hard time ranking them, to be honest with you. Um, it's like, it's between her, Eliza Scanlon. I do think Alden Ehrenreich is great. Um, th- those are, who did I name a third person? Before? Io. Io, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I would be a little bit beneath those for me. Um, I would say Sydney Sweeney, Sydney Sweeney. I can't speak English. Sydney Sweeney and Eliza Scanlon would be my top two, and they're just tied. I can't rank those two. Uh, I will put Eliza Scanlon first, Sydney Sweeney second. I guess How do, if that helps anybody. Did you two want to put Tiana Taylor above those three, and were you just withholding because I haven't seen it, or does, is she just genuinely not in your top three? I've just kind if of I, been on the Sweeney train ever since I saw reality. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, if I had like a raw vote where like nobody, like it didn't really impact, I think I would vote for Tiana Taylor, but I just don't, I mean, in the spirit of the pod of making good mm. content, as Robert <laughs> says. Yes. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would uh, say she should win. So I, I think I'm fine with giving it to Sydney Sweeney. I'm also good with that. Okay, I was gonna say Foster, it's down to you because uh, um, I, I said think Sydney Swe- Sweeney's kind of an inspired choice, honestly. So I might okay. maybe just let's say Sydney Sweeney, especially since Robert, you feel like pretty strongly about Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, I just really like that movie, um, and I thought she was great in it. So yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it does kind of it's kind of hinges on her even more right. so I think than Eliza Scanlon because there's just more characters in in Starling Girl. And like she has to Sydney Sweeney withhold like the 
kind of secrets of the movie for half of it too. So you're kind of like leaning into every word when she's talking. It's a great performance. Yeah. And I think with Starling girl, um, I don't have to get too deep into my own life right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly why I chose Sydney Sweeney with IO as my third pick. Um, (laughs) But with Starling girl, that kind of story, um, I've seen so many like it, you know, that are kind of like a, takedown of religion um and that should be right up my alley um but for that exact reason it almost kind of falls on deaf ears at a certain point where it's just uh i'm kind of used to it so the sweeney performance on top of just being a great movie kind of showed me something new and that's that was the difference maker for me on that one so sydney sweeney the oscar for outstanding lead actor best movie how to Blow Up a Pipeline, Theater Camp, To Catch a Killer, Reality Bottoms, You Hurt My Feelings, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, Scrapper, Blackberry Showing Up, Starling Girl, Artifice Girl, and Rye Lane. This is the big one. Want to eliminate some before we do our big rankings? Yeah, let's l- eliminate some. Okay, uh, I mean, we, sh- we should eliminate You Hurt My Feelings because obviously that's where I was going I'm first. the only, only one who's going to lobby for it. So, You Hurt My Feelings, relatable. <laughs> That seems like the only good elimination to start off, though. Uh, um, I would eliminate Artifice Girl. So I would also okay, eliminate true, Artifice true. Girl. You take one of mine, I'm taking one of yours, Robert. Watch your back. Your days are numbered. <laughs> uh, I'd eliminate showing up, to be perfectly honest. No. Nash, how do you I, feel about that? I am okay with eliminating showing up. I don't think it's my highest choice. I think it's an incredible movie, but if you need a second on that. It getting rid of you it. can you can eliminate it. Okay. You, it it wouldn't be like in my top five. Kelly, Reichardt I would also. Movies, I've seen three of them, and they're all three and a half stars. Like I always think she's just good. Um, I'm who? still waiting for Kelly Reichardt. Um, oh, I'm just waiting for one that blows me away. Nash, nah, you were going to say something. I would eliminate reality, though. <laughs> As a movie, I I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the best part about that movie just won the award. Um mm-hmm. and I just I don't think it's better than other I also would have eliminated reality. I'm also gonna suggest Starling Girl to eliminate. Uh yeah, probably for all the reasons that I just said <laughs> about that, I'll agree with you. I personally I'm not voting for Blackberry, but I, I'm just gonna keep it on there because I know you guys both really liked it, for now at least. Can I can I can I do a compromise with you? Sure. Can if if we take Blackberry off, can we take catch to catch a killer off? Uh. Yeah, how how strongly do you feel that the, to catch a killer is like your outstanding movie of the year? Well, like for the whole year, including you know all Oppenheimer and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. For this, for these awards. Sorry. No, no. What I'm saying is. To Catch a Killer still landed at like 12 or 13 out of like the 150 movies that I saw. Um, and I think it's like the highest out of all of the movies I have on here. Uh, I'll say both of those two movies that you two are talking about getting off would be in my top five of this list. Okay. Right here, of what we well, still have left. Hang on to them for now. Do you want to say, as, as funny as Bottoms is, do you want to say Bottoms? Because that's, kind of main okay, thing okay, that it has going on. for me is the humor. Okay, go for it. Well, let's let's do cuz we have like two three like straight like kind of comedy movies, right? Like 
which one is the highest? Like you have, because you have Theater Camp, you have Bottoms, and you have Rye Lane. We can get rid of Rye Lane if, because I know that's a me pick, um, but and I don't know where Foster has that, and I know Fo- uh, Robert isn't as high on it. But f- between Theater Camp and Bottoms, which one do you think is like the better movie? I would easily say Theater Camp. I think that has more heart, better character depth. I think Bottoms just has a lot of like hilarious comedic setups. And that's kind of what I've thought ever since I saw it. So I would, I, I, Bottoms is my number one, I think on this list. I'm just going to say it. Okay. Um, I, I think Bottoms might take the, I think Bottoms is going to be more rewatchable for me. I think I would, if I'm like thinking in a vacuum, I think I like Bottoms more than theater camp by like a hair. To me, theater camp felt funny almost in like an improv way where it's like you get these really funny people together and you give them like a great premise and they just kind of come up with gold. And there's some things to me that are, that were written very cleverly. But like to me, Bottoms, I watch it and I'm just like, this whole thing is just like, like an insane brainchild of like a few really, really funny people that just took this wild premise and did all these incredible things with it. And it's like the funniest people alive right now, like put together in a movie. I, I, I love bottoms. I think it's great. It's like um, the hardest I've laughed in years. Um, man. Whereas theater camp, I just think is funny. But I think theater camp is more than just the laughs though. And I don't think bottoms does. That's my thing. Like I'm, I came off uh, uh Shiva baby, which I think is one of genuinely the best movies of the decade so far. Uh, and I was expecting a lot more from Bottoms and when it was like just funny like I'm not trying to take away from it we're, this is by the nature sure. of this conversation we're just I kind of have to you know take it down a little bit uh, but when all it gives me is laughs and not much else I am kind of inclined to go in a different direction I do get what you mean I think it's also just a matter of a difference of like what we what we want out of movies because to me that doesn't bo- you say that and i'm not saying you're wrong at all it just yeah it doesn't bother me with bottoms it's like to me being being funny is enough for me but i but like for I best also, movie out of this whole list yeah i mean i we're just gonna have to agree to disagree um, okay i mean i'm not saying we have to make bottoms the winner i just it wouldn't be my pick for one to get rid of right now when it's my favorite of all of these, I would probably say Rye Lane is a little bit lower for me than some of these other ones. Yeah, I haven't go. read it out, but I'm okay with reading it. I will do so now. We haven't, the one that we haven't mentioned really uh, in this category is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And I think, to me at least, that mixes, like Nash was saying earlier, that mixes the story, that mixes the music. A great ensemble of performances, um, character depth, like emotion that I care about. Like I want these people to succeed and to be okay. Um, and it has like it fills all the boxes of what I look for in a movie where it says something. I'm emotionally invested. It's exciting. Um, it's well made. It has great music. Like I don't really think there's anything else I could ask for. Um, and that I would. I think how to blow up a pipeline would be my number one out of this whole list. I agree with you. I I've been kind of trying to hold off a little bit because I it's, I sound like a broken record, but this is my eighth favorite movie of the year. I think that like it 
stands up there as movies that I will want to rewatch again, which factors high for me. I think it is a cast of people that are like, oh, you might have seen a few of them mm-hmm. some places, but it's not, there's no like huge celebrity or huge actor in it. Um, I think every single element that goes into Pipeline is like really top tier filmmaking. Um, and I, if I'm like objectively looking at it for like the best overall film on this list, I think it probably is also my number one. Yeah, I feel uh, like that's. I know Foster likes big that's... oil, so that's probably why he's against <laughs> this. Yeah, I actually build pipelines in my free uh-huh. time. It's a hobby of mine when I'm not stealing cars or, uh, you know, being a nun. Being a nun. Gotcha. Um, Do we kind of want to just unanimous or not unanimously, but come together and decide on pipeline. That's fine. I mean, I'll just, just to be, just to be like full transparency. Yeah. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies here on this list. This is number six out of seven for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good movie. It just, did, it just didn't hit me really. Can, the way it hit YouTube, but that's fine. If no people have not seen pipeline, then I think people should see it uh, re- regardless of what Foster thinks. Cause he's wrong. <laughs> Um, so I'm fine with it winning. I, I'm, I'm putting my vote on pipeline officially. You sound so enthusiastic for your number one movie on this list. I am. Th- I am. I just feel bad for Foster. I want <laughs> he just feels bad for me. <laughs> don't feel bad for Foster. He's pipeline the co-host. I'm the guest. Also. I don't want to shoot you feeling bad for me. Oh man. That's um, my vote as well. Uh, screw like, you, Foster. You don't matter. <laughs> I've bottoms. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but yeah, pipeline. I guess it's gonna be. That's as green as they come. How to blow up a pipeline wins the Oscar for outstanding movie. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> and with a whimper. So <laughs> with I a wish, whimper. Wow. I wish I could be more enthusiastic. So this didn't. So you two didn't sound so sad when this one. Um, I'm very happy about it. Yeah, just to say, I think Pipeline is a very good movie. Um. It's just not one I've thought about all that much since I watched it. I just sort of watched it, thought this was a good movie. It was tense. Everybody was good in it. And then I just didn't ever really think about it much again. But it's a very good movie. It's just really, really good. Um, And outside of the film community, not many people have seen it or are talking about it. Um, So for, you know, taking ourselves too seriously and say, like, this is an important movie that people should see. That's another reason to crown it in my opinion i mean as as the just fan of the show uh for like what you guys like are doing with the show i think it's a really um, to that point i think that's a it's a really good representative of like a really good movie year that like if people haven't seen it there's a lot of good stuff in it um it might not be your favorite movie of the year it's not fosters (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i feel like it is a good movie that it just reminded me of a movie that I would watch in one of my film classes that I took. Um, so, Oh my goodness. You went to college too. Yep. I did. <laughs> it's a running theme on this show. We're all educated people. Uh, You're so smart. Yeah. And foster molds the young minds himself. I do scary Nash. I appreciate the kind words for once. Um, thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, I always enjoy chatting with you about movies and sports at other times, but yeah, thanks for coming on. 
Absolutely. It was a, it was a pleasure. Um, it was an interesting experience, but I'm really, it was a privilege to be asked on for this episode. Went off without a hitch. Not a single one. No problems at all. Will Smith or otherwise. to be found. Um, do you want people to follow you on social media? Um, yeah. Nash underscore doll, right? With the, the bit earlier. Um, I think that was Letterboxd. off mic. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. Well yeah. then great. But Nash underscore doll on Letterboxd, I am, I take it probably too seriously, but I, if you want to know who I am, Not follow me on there. It's raw, unfiltered Nash. Um, yeah, you can follow Foster and I at FOSTH101 and Robert's Thoughts on the very same movie reviewing platform. Um, thank you for listening. If you like the show, please let us know. Rate subscribe on spotify leave a response the only person who's left a response so far on spotify is our good friend nash uh that's so embarrassing man (laughs) that's not embarrassing for you it's more embarrassing for us um i tried to reply but apparently i can't do that so here's my reply that i want to watch that movie with uh what's your face and jennifer lawrence the girl who was in the hot air balloon movie what is that movie what's the actress's name (laughs) Are you talking about the Aeronauts? Oh, oh, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like crazy. You you didn't see uh, Nash's comment, did you? No, what is this? He seconded seconded your recommendation of like crazy. It's Uh, a great movie. It is. He said that on the Monster Calls episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Ophelia starring Daisy Ridley because I hope sometimes I think about dying should be coming out. Uh, Who knows? I haven't seen any uh, promotion for that. But the release date says the 26th. So we're going to be talking about Ophelia one way or another because the new release isn't really the point of (laughs) these episodes. It's talking about the Also See movie. Um, Until then, thank you for listening to The Allskers.